The Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Just Stone Cold said so. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. So I guess, okay, cool, hook them is just what we're going to throw on the end of everything from now on. And <laughs> there you go. And move on from it. <laughs> That's about the easiest way to go. Right. Well, I'll tell you what we could throw that on the end of. Uh, the Texas defense gave up almost 600 yards of total offense against Texas Tech. Melted down in the fourth quarter. Okay. Cool. But, but the okay, cool was Sam Ellinger yeah. in the Texas offense. Sam Ellinger with the game-winning drive, the game-winning touchdown pass to little Jordan Humphrey with 21 seconds left in regulation. Gets Texas. A win on the road against Texas Tech, 41-34. That sets up, did we think we would say this before the start of the season, a top 20 showdown in Austin, Texas and Iowa State. The loser is eliminated from contention for the Big 12 championship game. The winner is still alive. Man, this is nuts. The winner, regardless, is Longhorn Network because they never thought they yeah, would have a game that is this relevant. Yeah, I mean, that, biggest game in the history of LHN. <laughs> yeah, Thank you, Matt no Campbell. And they'll right. do a good job uh, covering it too. But yeah, so, uh, I think they're the winner no matter what. <laughs> Which, real quick on that, because I've gotten some questions about that. Well, how can this game be on LHN? Why is that on Fox? This was decided. Number one before the season. Because we thought it would be a trash Hell, game. So they want to get, give all the, ago. Let's give because, them a trash game. Because LHN gets one conference game. Yeah. yeah. And it, Normally they, it's and Kansas. It's got to be a home game. It's, it's got to be a home game. But Kansas was the last game of the year this year. And I don't. I, some, I think that's my, why this may be unconference. But it's a road game. It's yeah. And it's a road game. It's got to be a home game. game. Yeah. You right. got the TV rights for that. So really when you looked at the schedule, it was either Baylor or Iowa State. Yeah. One or the other. I think they chose. They chose They chose wisely. <laughs> I will stay. Way yeah. to go. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I was like, when I was driving in, I heard Bucky and Aaron talking, big game this weekend against Iowa State, and it just sounded like your generic, cheesy, oh, big game this weekend, insert X. But it was like, no, no actually, it it's is a, a huge game it against is a, Iowa State. It's amazing. Iowa State's the third best team Texas will face this year in the regular season behind Oklahoma and West Virginia. They are. They're better than TCU, even though TCU beat them. Right now, they are. We brought Purdy. Purdy. Yeah. Purdy. They are. Purdy. He's Purdy. Yeah, yeah, I bet you that that's a loss. That uh... <laughs> yeah, like they, I think they lost by like three points. Like it was, uh, yeah, yeah, I, that was before. I think that was before Purdy though. Yeah. So pretty Purdy. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, right now, man, they're they're the hottest team in the Big Twelve, and I think they're like the third best team in the Big Twelve. That uh, in terms of behind, obviously Texas, right there. So that Texas will play. I well, say. the good thing is, Rod, we'll get all that sorted out uh, on Saturday. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven. I am Jeff Al. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He's the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing real well. How about yourself? Uh, made the drive to and fro Lubbock and uh, came back in one piece. Oh, so. you made the drive. The West Texas, like you can put it on cruise control and not really do much for that about is, six hours. You know what? That's the best thing about that drive is <laughs> un- unlike the drive to Stillwater, for example, which I also made this year where it's interstate driving the whole way. 
this is you get on 183, you get out past Brownwood out in the middle of nowhere, man. You can gun it up to 85 or 90. I've had nice. my friends from no, West Texas no warn you, though. They'll be like, literally, though, just don't get too comfortable because you're yeah. doing nothing and you can get like put to sleep. But there's a lot of people that fall you, uh, asleep in West Texas. Well, you, uh, <laughs> you, 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 literally. Start, you start running up on towns like Bangs and Coleman and places like that where you can get your nice little speed trap. Yeah, there you go. Craig Way would know about those yes. things. Yes. Bangs yeah. and Coleman. Yeah, I have no idea what those are. No idea. <laughs> no. Yeah. Gold weight. You could be making oh, up. You could be making up names right now, and I would have no idea. And that's yeah. one thing about Texas. They have literally the name of every city. Almost. <laughs> uh, he is a Renaissance man, though. Even though he doesn't know the names of uh, all your West Texas mm-hmm. towns. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. If he had his T-ring and when it comes in, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts. Our lockdown corner here on the Blitz, Rod Babers. Rod Thank you for the intro, brother, as always. Always impressive. Rod, I want to start this conversation uh, when we look at the Texas Tech game and carrying that over. And a conversation you and I had Monday on the Rodcast, which, by the way, you can catch Rod B on uh, 104.9 The Horn every weekday from 1 to 3 on the Rodcast. Also does some segments uh, with Chad and Kevin in the afternoon. Shane's we were talking about the Manny Diaz, Vance Bedford dynamic compared to Todd Orlando, and did we give Manny Diaz and Vance Bedford too hard of a time? Were we too hard on them because of the no, nature of the No, I said straight up, we were too hard on them. We realized now we were too tough on them. We were ignorant at the time to what was happening in the Big 12 period. Ain't no need to discuss it. I was the crazy person. Yeah, I, was, like I was yelling saying, it back then, yeah, saying, no, don't worry that this is the worst defense in the history of Texas football in context no, of the Big 12. It's not as bad as you think. No, no, and it's not just. It, my my point was I'm saying that it's not every team that can do it to Tarlando. It is just certain teams who have a certain um, offensive IQ and mm-hmm. offensive DNA that is able, honestly, to score points on damn near anybody. I mean, you know, go back and look at what Lincoln Riley did to Georgia last year with Baker Mayfield. I mean, I think it's just it's just the new age that we live in. It's so it's not Tarlando. He's not really the problem. What he's got to learn how to, um, I would say, uh, prioritize is situational defense. Screw it. Don't get your feelings hurt because they're scoring points on you and they're getting yards on you. They're going to do that to everybody. you got to make plays. There have been four games this year where teams have gotten at least 500 yards against Todd Orlando. It's been Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Texas Tech. They won two of those games. Why did they win those two games? They missed a ton of tackles in all those games. The third down defense was bad in all those games. The fourth down defense was probably bad in all those games. I mean, they pretty much they had collapses in different quarters in all those games. The difference was in Oklahoma, they forced turnovers the difference was in tech they forced turnovers that's why they won the game it is just that simple and that's what he's got to learn how to do and red zone defense is part of that situational defense they were really good at that versus tech and i think the nfl defensive coordinators two of them have already said it they already said now man we got to focus now on situations and being good in certain situations because we can't we can't stop teams from scoring points or from getting yards they're going to do that we just got to be able to step up and make plays third downs fourth downs um, you know, red zone, that kind of stuff. And, um, and I, that's, you know what? That's certainly how I feel now. I'm, I, I apologize to Manny Diaz. I apologize to Vance Bedford. I apologize to Todd Orlando. I've been too tough on you guys. I was ignorant. And everybody out there who says otherwise, you're ignorant too because it's happening to every defensive coordinator all across the NFL and in college. Yep, and the thing is you bring up turnovers so huge because it's basically sort of one of the cheat codes that you have that it's basically like you could be a great defense to go out there and do a good job, but then if you end up giving having 10 good plays and just one that 
ends up being a touchdown. The whole difference is you can cancel out a whole drive or a whole quarter of bad football by just stealing a possession back and getting it back and scoring. So it's like instead of working so hard to try to go and get these stops, which it may just be already ultimate fate, they're going to score anyways, even if you do everything possible, you want to get that cheat code to where you can steal back a whole defensive possession like that. And it's funny that y'all brought that up because I didn't listen to any of the broadcasts yesterday, but I came in just and charted out because I've been watching football, and this is just since September 29th. So the last six weeks, you have seen. Yes. So these are the scores between these type of offenses, just like we talked about on last week's show when it's the Holgerson, Kingsbury. Insert those guys. Games are going to be this way. And then I'm going to include some of the NFL scores in the same little six-week span. You have 48-45 Texas OU, 38-35 Okie State, West Virginia 42-41, Tech 41-34, but then move over to OSU versus OU was the 48-47 down to a two-point conversion. Then you have that 38-35 against Okie State. Tech versus OU for 51-46, which was a return two-point conversion, which was the difference. Yeah, you're right. So so we're talking margins so minuscule in all of these games down to two-point conversions returned the wrong way or made or missed. That's just three of those games versus each other. Even go down to West Virginia versus Tech was 42-34. Tech versus even Iowa State. I added in these two upcoming ones because they're evolving towards a modern offense. You have 40-31 to 31 and 48-42. to 42. Look at the highest level of the NFL. It spawned this thought of me whenever I was like, oh, wow, 43-40 was the first time we've ever heard that score in the NFL. That was Mahomes versus Patriots. And I was like, that's literally the score of Rod versus Welker in 2002. And it's like we've been seeing this game since then. Well, what else? What other games are like that? We remember seeing Texas OU 45-35. Well, that was the score between the Rams and the Saints. And then you go down and look at other ones whenever Seattle plays uh, the Rams, like when you have a good quarterback that maybe can elevate the yeah, team dual to a good like scheme. Russell Wilson. Yeah, 36-31, 33-31. And it's the same thing whenever you see some modern, even though Trubisky and the Bears aren't a great offense, they run some of the best offensive concepts in the league. Makes them stay within no, a score. Navy. Yeah, 41-38 against the Patriots. It's like that idea that if you get to the highest level of offense because of the way the rules are set up it's literally indefensible to certain points so you need to steal back those possessions where you get a whole swing that could be 14 points whenever what you did if you did it all right you still may not get the stop and give up points and that's why it's all down to field goals at that point afterward so there's a couple of things that i wanted to take from there you know when we're talking about rod on monday when you and i were going discussing the the dynamic just between this kind of Interesting kind of up and down roller coaster Texas has been on defensively throughout this current decade. It's a trend. Like. <laughs> um, the one thing that Todd Orlando's got in his uh, that he has to his advantage right now, I should say, that Manny Diaz and, and Vance Bedford did not is their downfall ultimately became it wasn't necessarily the numbers or the yards or anything on the field. I think it was at a point the players lost faith in what they were being told to do. They lost faith in the plan. Which took an issue, and Rod, as you know, as a player, when you don't believe in what your coaches are telling you, yeah, that can take a little issue and compound it and make it a really big flaming landfill of an issue. I agree. And kind of, you know, getting some information behind the scenes. I, I don't think Todd Orlando's anywhere close to having the players lose faith. I do think there were some frustrations, mm-hmm. uh, some with how some guys were being used, and maybe some tendencies that they weren't leaning on. So I think it was more so frustration. Uh, as opposed to anarchy, so to yeah. say. 
which is, you know, you talk to guys that played for Manny Diaz, guys on that Vance Bedford defense, that's kind of what it became. Yeah. Uh, where just it was just completely unstable. Guys and, didn't and, lose faith. You know, Mac Brown made the change to uh, Greg Robinson, and Charlie, Charlie Strong, Strong made the change to himself. Yeah. So, <laughs> but looking at, just kind of looking at the big picture and going back and thinking about it, uh, I think there's a couple ways you can look at it. it kind of, I want to go big picture and then small picture with what we're talking about right now. I think in the big picture, when you look at the amount of coaching turnover Texas has had, which leads to attrition, it's kind of left you these gaps in the talent pipeline. And I don't think it's any coincidence that it just so happened that the first year of Manny Diaz and the first year of Vance Bedford and the first year of Todd Orlando – you just kind of hit one of these peaks in your talent cycles mm-hmm. where you just happen to have the right mix of NFL guys on your defense. And we Rod, literally talked about that last week. Yeah. Right. And, Rod, yeah. I go back to what you good. what you say all the time about defense. Offense, you can get by with scheme. Mike Leach has shown that over the years. Our Browns has shown that over mm-hmm. the years. To win on defense and be elite on defense, you need players. Players, Period. Man. Conference, You can have scheme, NFL but, players. but you need players. Yeah. And Texas, when they've been really good, has had players. I just think you're at one of those points right now where – you can look at the talent on the field, and it's not taken away from a guy like Gary Johnson or guys like Caden Sterns and B.J. Foster that we think at some point are going to be really good or a guy like Chris Boyd who's going to have a chance to get drafted somewhat high in the NFL draft. But across the board, you lose Puna Ford, an NFL player. You lose Holton Hill, an NFL player. Malik Jefferson, an NFL player. Deshaun Elliott, an NFL player. I think it was just that's kind of uh, – I say that's a you problem. That's a me problem for thinking the drop-off wasn't going to be as precipitous as it has been with as much talent as you were losing, knowing that a lot of your talent in this program right now is in your freshman and sophomore classes. It's not quite ready for prime time just yet. Some of those pieces are, but mm-hmm. especially your defensive linemen and linebackers that are younger in those younger classes, they're not quite ready yet. So spin all that to, okay, now let's get back to looking at how we view defense, not through the prism we viewed Texas last year, but through how we view it normally in the Big 12. And, Rod, I'm right in line with you. What are you good at? What's the one or two things you can hang your hat on that make you really good? And Todd Orlando and this Texas defense right now, they're 10th in the country in red zone defense. All three of their turnovers forced against Texas Tech were in the red zone. They're also 15th in the country in turnover margin. Those three turnovers helped you win the the game. And you can even really say it was four turnovers because we know in this league, fourth down defense is a huge indicator of success. Which they haven't been good at this year. Right, And it's literally called a turnover on downs. It's just on downs. And to get the stop on fourth down, that set your offense up on a short field, boom, you score three plays later, that makes the difference in the game. And not to say that, well, don't worry about them giving up 600 yards because, yes, the collapse in the fourth quarter is an issue. But to hear people say, well, I mean, if it wasn't for the turnovers, they're lost. Well, that's kind of the point in that's the Big what 12 is, is now. Yeah. you get the turnovers, you win the game, that's period. That's why it's you the go new cheat code. Risk. It's the defensive cheat code. Like we always say, the dual threat quarterback is the cheat code on offense. The cheat code on defense now is you just got to get turnovers. Any you got a ball hawk, you need to prioritize that person. If that person just can get a pass rusher, yeah, no, like you have somebody it? who gets gets beat a lot, but they also get a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. It's almost worth it. Like all right, that guy can, can play for me. The Jet Duffy, you know inter- the Jet Duffy interception, like it almost seemed like at, at oh, a point in the game, Rod, after that first drive, yeah. Todd Orlando's defensive philosophy was look. We'll just try to make him drive it. It's like the old Vance Bed for Charlie Strong philosophy. We'll make him drive it in as many plays as possible because Jet Duffy's going to do something at some point to screw it up. Yeah, yeah I was surprised at how, oh, man, just how um, ridiculous some of the penalties were for Texas Tech. I mean, they that was that were low IQ, you know, football penalties by those guys. I mean, they really shot themselves in the foot a ton. Oh, the, De- the Desmond Smith face mask on Gerard Yeah, Hurd, like the personal fouls. Allowed Texas just, to, you converted third and 30. 
for a penalty yeah. on the other side of the field that it's had no bearing the on the play. Only way yeah. that could be converted. It was. It was. It was. I, it was disappointing for me to watch as a football fan. I was a Long fan. We were benefiting from. It. I was like, man, that's really stupid football. So yeah, they hurt themselves a ton with all the mistakes they made. The truth is, and I said this on the show, and I truly believe it. If Allen uh, uh, Bowman starts that game, they I think Texas loses that game. Yeah, I mean that's. That team, you, they shouldn't have been able to catch back up. And, and I know that we talked about how prolific that offense is, but with a backup quarterback in Jet Duffy and all the mistakes they made in the hole they dug themselves, the scary part is, once again, Texas did play their competition. You know I mean? They really did. I mean, they should have been able to beat Tech by double digits. Should have. Easily. Same you know we say the same thing about the K-State game. You should have. Yeah, that should have been a game where Shane Bouchel came in. Like, hey, Shane's playing this game. You, you should have stepped, <laughs> stepped on the gas against Baylor when you had the chance. You so can't finish him. What's your Mortal Kombat moment, man? You had your Mortal Kombat moment where it's finish him. Like, Texas had so many of those moments, and they never finish him. And I don't There's know if a lot that's of a lottie gag around. And Well, let's talk about that for a minute. I don't know if that's a game management issue. I don't know if that's a – a team maturity issue, a program maturity issue. Probably is a program maturity issue. I think it's all issue. combined, yeah. too. That yeah. You're an okay team, but you aren't a real good team. Really yeah. good teams can close those out, but then you got a little inexperience. Then we always talk about the little bit of inconsistency we've seen from this team ever since. Like Even when they played well last year, it was always an inconsistent type to where in a road environment and against a decent team that's coached well, it's going to be hard to be able to go out there and be consistent if you've never showed it. Before. It's weird though because it's not the offense. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what's strange. But it's like usually, but it's the like running when, game when something like that good. happens, there's collapses on both sides. Even in the Oklahoma game, it was like, well, the offense had a lull, and then that's when Oklahoma was able to come back. In this game, there wasn't really a lull. Tom Herman did a magnificent job, and I've complimented him several times on fixing the Texas offensive identity crisis in less than two years. It's unbelievable what he's done, and the quarterback hell that Texas was in. Now they're in quarterback heaven with Sam Ellinger. But look at the time of possession. Hell, man, they have – I think there's that first that one drive in the second quarter was like 18 plays, oh, wow. eight minutes or something like that. I mean, he had like – there had three drives that took four-plus minutes off the clock. There were scoring drives. I mean, that, I'm telling you, that was the plan, and that was a great plan. Yeah. Like, how did the de- – so even with limiting possessions, the defense still allowed Tech to come back like that. And that's what's scary because right? the com- – Well, and at least – scored like goes- 17 points in five minutes. Can I, just, can I, can I run goes- down some of these drives for the Texas Go offense? Go ahead. They were unbelievable. Uh, and I'm not going in any quarter. I'm just going in order. Are you great? Uh, 12 plays, 60 yards, and a field goal. 18 plays, 60 yards, and a touchdown. 12 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. 11 <laughs> plays, 52 yards, and a field goal. Come on, man. And, and look at the Very time good. on these, 414, 810, 443, that's 459. What you want. Dude, that's what you're, you want. Like, you're mashing. Like, how does the defense – like, how did you allow them to come back? And if you take away, if you take away sack yards, because I love uh, stat broadcast, which is the media feed that we get in the press box, it shows you the rushing numbers when adjusted for sack yardage. Mm-hmm. If you take out the sack yards and adjust the rushing numbers, Texas, 202 yards, 4.7 a carry. Like, you got exa- exactly what we said you needed to get out of the running game. You got that. And that's when we were talking about, you know, how do you get in this point, though, in games? And the time of possession is so big that you're able to try to at least keep the defense or the opposing team from scoring. But I really think the strategy when we hear fans sort of upset, like, why haven't we keep the pedal to the metal against Baylor and K-State? I think it all goes back to what we were just saying. They're trying to limit the amount of turnovers, and Ellinger's done a really good job. And what do you do with that? Running the ball when we see Trey Watson, so you aren't necessarily as explosive at the running 
running back. Also, Ingram yeah, isn't healthy, but we minimize the risk. What was the thing at the end of games last year? Interceptions yeah. were a lot costing yeah. us games. So I really think that That's even the the, it, you sort of has to come with the territory. If the you're winning game. and you want to win in the Big Twelve. He's like, okay, well, they can go and try to do it against our defense. We just can't give them a turnover and give them a damn free possession and right. turn it around real quick. And then I think that's how it can be viewed as conservative. But I think it's only being smart that we're running and having Sam not No, I, I, I'm with you. I think in the Big 12, it's crazy how when Mike Leach was in the Big 12, he used to demean time of possession. That doesn't mean a damn thing. You know, because in the Big 12, everybody was running up tempo, and Baylor was scoring, you know, in two minutes or less. Yeah. And, yeah, time of possession well, really scoring. didn't mean anything. They were prioritizing that. But now we've kind of swung the pendulum back where teams are now saying, well, our defenses are basically getting undressed out there. Yeah. They're getting exposed. Leach wasn't at that. Expo- yeah, he didn't give he a damn did, about He was defense. like, man, we just need to so, score enough to yeah. keep up with So Vince now Young. time of possession is starting to come back in style because he's like, you know what, that's actually my best defense. Yeah, my best defense is to keep that yeah. damn offense off the field yeah, as long let's as steal I can. The ball back. Yeah, even you when our defense me? is out there, let's get and the let ball me, back. Yeah, let exactly. me run down some of these numbers real quick because when you look at how Texas is playing offense, if you just and we talk all the time, like if you just look at raw numbers, it can mislead you. It can lead you down a path where you know it really fools you because like Texas right now, total offense 15th in the country, pass offense 30th in the country. But look at some of the efficiency numbers. We talked about turnover margin, right? 15th in the country. I think they've only turned it over since the Maryland game three times, yeah, twice, man. whatever it is. Yeah, you had Sam Ellinger's fumble and the, against and Trey the intercep- Watson. The, interse- the interception yeah. against Trey Baylor. Watson had a fumble. Watson had a fumble. The interception, Shane Bouchelle's interception it. in the Baylor game. Count Shane Bouchelle's interception. I, I think three. that might be it. So you're 15th in the country in turnover margin. Third down conversion rate, 26th. So you're almost a top 25 team. In the yeah. country and third down on third down conversions, fourth down conversion rate. You're fourth in the country, and this team ends up going for it on fourth down a lot because in this league, what you're talking about, you got to extend possessions. Yeah. That also leads to time of possession. You're 22nd in the country, yeah. and the margin doesn't seem like a lot when you talk about it, but the difference between two field goals and a touchdown is immense. And the oh, idea yeah, that you no can doubt. have two full drives, oh, yeah. and get less. That's why it, we're well, going to go West for, Virginia. That's I was what, just fixing but just that. West Virginia game. Yeah. Texas has five possessions. West Virginia has four possessions. Texas ends up getting what? Uh, 13 points out of their five possessions. And then boom, boom. West Virginia gets 15 points out of their four possessions. Two touchdown drives and a two-point conversion game. And they that's win. where <laughs> I just have heard Texas fans be most critical about fourth down decisions with this staff. But I'm just saying, I really think they're on the right side oh, and no, they're they just going to keep doing they it. Are. Hey, they are. Actually, you could argue, and Jeff and I have, that he should have went forward more against like uh, West Virginia. There was a time he should have went forward more. He should be going forward more, actually. Yes, do what down. the book says. Yeah. The green book. Now the, the green book, no, it has the answers. Binder, whatever. I think I think do what you're good at. And right now, this offense, the numbers might not be as prolific as some would associate with an elite level offense. But man, the way they're executing on offense, Rod, it it seems like every week going into the game, I'm waiting for that moment when this offense gets off track, when it comes off the rails, and that moment just hasn't happened to the point where. When Texas Tech scores to tie it at 34, I'm on the sideline in Lubbock, and I'm saying it doesn't really matter how much time they left Sam Ellinger. I feel like he's going to go down and take the ball and win the game because that's what he does. Yeah. That's what he does. Finally. Sam Ellinger's done that time and time again this year. When you when this offense has needed a drive in the fourth quarter yeah. to either put a game away or go win it, he's done it. He did it. The 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 He had a – the. Uh, drive and granted it was the Tulsa game but you remember they had that 13 play drive mm-hmm. in the Tulsa game when they got that touchdown they needed yeah. to give themselves some cushion he did it against TCU he did it in the Oklahoma game 
Uh, he did it against K-State when they had like that 10-play drive where they got like 38 yards, but they killed like eight minutes, last eight minutes or whatever it was off the clock. Like every every time this offense is needed to drive, even in the Oklahoma State game and the, and the West Virginia game, when this offense needed Sam Ellinger to go take the ball and go win the game, he did. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Max Olsen has a great stat that when the game is within one score or tied – uh, since the Maryland game, Sam Ellinger's completing 67% of his passes when the game was within one score tied, which happens a lot, by the way, for Texas. Because they're always uh, within a one score or tied in the, the game late the in the Phillip game. Phillip Rivers right? inevitable. Uh, over 1,700 total yards and 18 touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's basically your clutch time. Yeah. I mean, that's when, that's when you need your quarterback the most, and he has been clutch. He's got the clutch gene. He is, and I know people wanted to debate this, but I'm, I'm sorry, the debate is over. In the last 49 years since the James Street era started, there isn't a quarterback that's played at a higher level than Sam Ellinger's playing at right now other than Cole McCoy and Vince Young. Agreed. Um, I'm sorry, and I, I'll tell Chris Sims that to his face, but it's true. Uh, I'll tell James tell Brown that he would tell Sims me too, actually. He would say it quarterback he, right. more than anybody. He would say it first and foremost. <laughs> you're right. Nobody pull. He doesn't, he doesn't pull any punches. Uh, he's playing better than James Brown or Major Apparite or David Ash. Sorry, guys. Go. The stats even say that. The stats say that, but the eye test tells you that too. Y'all know it's true. Otherwise, you're just nostalgia is clouding your judgment. Don't allow that to happen. He's playing at that high level. Enjoy it. Uh, Texas uh, yeah. no longer in quarterback hell. They're in quarterback heaven. This guy next year is going to be one of the top three or four uh, guys for the Heisman. Yeah. Like, he's going to be in that conversation. The two biggest things that are going to come out of this season, uh, also aside from the fact that this program has a chance to get to 10 wins, like they control their own destiny. They don't control their own destiny for the Big 12 title. They control their own destiny to get to 10 wins and that you know real quick on that rod you know I, I wrote a column about this on the site and you start looking at 10 win seasons and i know people kind of turn their nose up at stuff like one of the texas state championship and 10 win seasons but you realize like that run mac put together it started with your junior year in 2001 mm-hmm. of nine straight wins of 10 years or more yeah. so two programs in the country in the history of college football that have had more alabama right now with Nick Saban Not and then Florida State under Bobby Bowden when they had 14 in a row. Yeah, yeah. And the Not nine sure. wins a good one because there was really just 11 games in college football till the mid 2000s when people started to even play the <clears> 12th, <throat> where you can get a lot more 10 win seasons these days. So basically, the two loss season is that same thing. Yeah, yeah no, I agree with that. No, and I, I think I tell you what, the Texas State title, and Texas didn't win the state title this year because you lost at home. To West Virginia, so you got to win in. The, you never lose in the state of Texas. That's the whole point of the state title. Mm-hmm. That means beating Oklahoma, which they did, beating all your foes, your opponents that play in the state of Texas, the Texas, the Baylor's, um, and those teams, and of course winning all your home games. Think about if Texas wins the state title, they win the Big Twelve. Like they they would mm-hmm. win the Big Twelve, no question about it. Yeah. That you know, what I mean, so it does matter. That Texas state title thing is important now, and. Uh, Texas, they're real close. We're sorry, Mac. We made fun of you all those years for yeah, all this little we did. It's hard to stuff. Win nine games, guys. It's hard. Got to get in the state title in Texas. Be the best team in Texas. You'll be the best team in the country. Rod B, <laughs> Rod B no, since, it's, uh, since it's cold right now, I need you to break out that team-issued uh, windbreaker you've got with the state of Texas where it's got Oh, like yeah. The, with the weird Rod, orange? Rod, yeah. It's, it's Rod like, has a state champion, cha- state champion windbreaker. It looks like it's got Oklahoma like, State orange, though. Yeah, but it's got like the Baylor green dot and the I'm maroon break dot and like a blue dot for Rice and the red dot for Texas Tech. My girlfriend and threw it away, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> nah. She might have thrown it away. Sometimes she'll go and start throwing some of my so stuff away. I guess away. nine wins she the, doesn't mean much. Yeah, that'll be the damn thing there. She's like, ah, damn, yeah. She didn't know what it was because it doesn't really say, like, It doesn't a have, a, like, a Longhorn yeah, logo that, on it. Or it looks like, a, like I threw away your dad's ugly jacket. It's like weird, yeah, that's a weird, <laughs> it's just a weird orange, like an Oklahoma State orange with the Texas, like, the state of Texas on, like, the, the Matt will know what I'm talking about. Matt will know what I'm talking about. Like, the burnt orange you could get at Walmart back in the mid-90s. 
they don't have the official licensing of the it was before it really got into a big deal you could get away with it like the fake I'm gonna wear that to work today if I can find it if I can find it I'm gonna see if I can find it if I'm not I'm gonna tell my girl that I you Wear that state up. championship proudly, right? Yeah, B, she wouldn't know. Like you said, there's nothing on it that says Texas. It could just look like a creepy old jacket in there, like you know. Uh, anything else you guys want to touch on for the Texas Tech game? I want to go back to the offense real quick, and then yeah. I'll let you guys have the floor. Um, this just shows you how Tom Herman has raised the bar for the offense. And I was thinking about this today. You know, going mm-hmm. into the season, I said this offense had a ceiling, and I still didn't think it was very high. Bro, they broke through that ceiling a few weeks ago and, and crushed. No question. You know, took a took a uh, axe and busted the glass out, and they're still rolling. I'm with you on and that. And this is an offense, Rod, that on the road at night in Lubbock, 41 points, 469 yards of total offense, and we can still look at this and say, man, they left some meat on the bone here, it and the offensive Dropped line didn't in. play all that well, yeah. and Sam took some really bad sacks. That's the other thing about Sam Ellinger. Like, is, he, is he perfect? No. But, hmm. man – even the mistakes he's making, like he's overcoming like mistakes that yeah. last year, if you take a couple bad sacks, that cripples your offense. And your offensive production, think about think about it from this standpoint. You can't write the book on this game offensively without talking about Sam Ellinger or little Jordan Humphrey. No Agreed. question. Sam Ellinger okay. goes for 312 yeah. yards. It's a career high. Four touchdowns, a career high. Uh, LJ with 159 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Those are career highs for him. But – you got all that production on offense without Colin Johnson. And go back to last year. If a team takes Colin Johnson out of a game, that's a death sentence for this offense. Yeah. Agreed. Like your offense just ceases to exist. You can't you can't do anything. Now, not only did you get production from LJ, you got an eighty three yard game on the ground from Keontae Ingram, averaged over five yeah. yards a carry. Trey Watson with another Another just kind of Trey Watson game, 18 for 58. Uh, he did have a, the two-yard catch on a fourth down drive. But you got a really big night from Gerard Hurd, 54 yards on six catches. Like what Duvernay's Four doing. for 66 for Devin Duvernay. Two of them went for touchdowns. Yeah. Andrew Beck has a big catch on a fourth down. Malcolm Epps, his first career catch is a, an yeah. 18-yard catch on a back shoulder throw where he climbs the ladder to go get it. Yeah. Like, you're getting production from all these other parts, and you lose Colin Johnson, one of the biggest cogs in that deal, and you still don't slow down. Keep it going. And Lil Jordan Humphrey made a lot of money. I mean, they moved him around, put him at the X. They put him in the slot where he's been most of the year. Uh, and he asked, uh, I'll give you a quick stat about him. Um, he had 159 versus Tech, 143 receiving versus West Virginia. Fourth player in UT history to have 140-plus receiving yards in back-to-back games. Roy Williams did it in 02, Wayne McGarity in 98, and Mike Adams in 93. Yeah. So, yeah, he's in he's in the rarefied air there. I even heard it was no pun intended for Randy Lord. Moss <laughs> doing the people get mossed. He's two back-to-back, back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back weeks, and then I, got I, forgot, and they, I don't know who was in there. I think it was Charles Woodson just yelled from the corner, is that number 84 again? <laughs> he, just, he just, like, he was like, he doesn't know, know his talking name, ball but and he knows like, 84 play. for Texas yeah. can go he's and a beast. point a ball. No, he's and, a beast, man. And then if you look the way you pointed out Duvernay and heard the idea that because it, it isn't as if you just have Colin now you insert Duvernay into his spot and role like these guys are di- different skill sets yet the production can be the same basically yeah. by the end of it because you have Ellinger identifying this coverage you have the same thing with Duvernay and Hurd and doing what they do well and Duvernay sort of developing into a well-rounded it. receiver like yeah. he's he used to just run like two routes the route year. tree we're, for him we're is, seeing yeah. we're seeing the guy that we heard in the spring was probably the most improved player in the program and the mm-hmm. guy that in fall camp they're like hey 
Duvernay is going to come out of it this year. Yeah, and people, that's what I kept hearing all fall. Yeah. Talked about his catch rate, and he was a guy that was really low, catching half of his targets at one point in his career. He four for four every time targeted that game. And then another huge thing, because we talk about passing downs and standard downs, and again, Texas defense dominating on passing downs, as any decent or good pass defense should, holding Tech to four yards per attempt. And then on standard downs, just for context, 9.6 for Jet Duffy. Now, when you look at Ellinger, this is what's so impressive more yards per attempt on passing downs Mm. so you're saying like even when they're eight back gonna know it's a passing situation it's down and distance is long he was 11 of 15 for 148 yards and 6.1 yards per attempt like he was better than then on standard downs which shouldn't ever happen texas is normally twice as better defensively on passing downs than standard downs and he's outperforming it and that's just showing the connection the indefensible nature of okay well even if it is a passing down my guy can get the ball over your guy because i have the arm to make it done and he has the hands to finish it yeah i i I don't know why texas tech kept putting lj in man-to-man coverage they, Sam, they, got, they trust Sam their corners way to too every, much. He checked to it every time. It's like, what are y'all doing at this point, guys? I mean, like, like the Crabtree play. David Gibbs, what are I was like, doing? that's exactly the Crabtree play, Don't. except for Earl was over the top and Go coming to help get out help. your this corners, man. man. Like, like, I'm calling it from the press box. Something like that's It's so obvious that, that I'm just, calling it from the press box. I'm like, oh, he's checking to that. Man, and hey, sure enough, you see Sam make the check at the line, and then boom, I feel it's bad for them corners, man. They were emasculating those guys. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's life in the Big Twelve, right? Look at the wide receivers in the Big Twelve. It is. By the way, side note before we get back to Iowa State here, um, I, this is the best crop of wide receivers the Big 12's ever had. I think it's better than the 08 group. I'm yeah, sorry. Good, good it's l- deeper. Good luck picking three for the first team on yeah, conference. It's de- even Tom Harmon brought it up, man. It's deep as hell, man. You're a DB in this in this league. You got a chance to make a lot of money or lose a lot of money. You go on a streak where you have three bad games yeah. in a row, and you could. You face Tylen Wallace or Keem Butler and David Seale. That's Belichick's like, thank you. I'm right? getting a good player. So that's every, everybody's got one, like. like two. No, everybody's got two. Jeff, not just one. T.J. Fasher and Antoine Wesley. Lou Dwight Humphrey and Colin Johnson. Marquise Brown and C.D. Lamb. David Seals. And I mean, Jalen Hurd. They got two. Mims. They got, everybody's got two. That's why it's better than 08. You know, not just one. Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. The, what the hell? I think the skilled talent, man, wide receiver in the Big 12 is unbelievable. And then you, throw, you throw in the fact, too, that look at all the good running backs in this league, too. <sighs> Montgomery Ooh. and Office. Hill. Yeah, man. And I mean, yeah. I really like – you guys know I really like Baylor's crop of running backs. Yeah. Hell, K-State's not having a great year. Barnes at K-State, I think, yeah. for what they traditionally right. do is really good. Yeah, no, I'm I mean, with Tra- you. Tra- Tra- Of course, I was like, Does, Oklahoma. Has Oklahoma missed Rodney Anderson at all? Yeah. No. He's going to the league. Yeah, I mean, didn't he, didn't he play for the draft, <laughs> yeah. I think? Yeah, I'll raise well, I mean, you look around and just even from it's the – Because we're going to see all these skill guys immediately impacting the NFL because we even have guys in the NFL now that were backups in the Big 12 that are doing good jobs that, like – this is something that is just yeah. going to continue to go at a higher rate because now these guys have even more of an opportunity to shine at the next level because it's streamlined success. That's, yeah. So Chris Boyd made a lot of money last week. He lost money versus Oklahoma State, made money versus West Virginia, lost money versus Tech. You're gonna and make now he's got to go make some money versus Iowa State. <laughs> he might be even money by the end of the year. Well, right? no, and that's the thing. Like, that's what – you're going to have guys like Belichick, like, oh, I hope he has a bad game. Yeah. I know he's a you good DB because it's well, diminished Hill value. Well, is probably the, the dream for any coach. He was like, oh, yeah, please have that guy drop out of the draft so I can pick him up. He he's was my starting in, corner. like, week four. <laughs> yeah. And, like, literally, when you look across the board, it's yeah. like the, you have the, the same way with betters, and it's we the one thing Vegas uses against public – 
is their own opinion in recency bias to that weekend's games. Yeah. They don't look at the whole picture of all the macro. They just focus on that one recent micro, and it skews your perspective on a week-to-week basis. Agreed. So if you stay away from that, you can find value in some of those spots. Yeah. Real quick, Rod, on, on Holton Hill. like That's kind of the gift and the curse of being an undrafted free agent is you get to pick your own spot, and sometimes you can pick the wrong spot. Yeah. But Holton Hill's got to be looking at saying, okay, or I hope somebody was in his ear going, hey, Mike Zimmer, Jerry Gray, yes. Yes. Take that deal with the Vikings. <laughs> yes. Take the deal with Great the Vikings, point. son. Yeah. And that's a good point. I agree. His agent, they hooked him up. Whoever helped him make that decision, he also probably Also got the best own. safety Great in the job. league above you. Like, <laughs> pretty good. Well, and you got a good uh, – Xavier Rhodes got a good corner to, yeah. to, oh, to help you. teach you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, anyway, sorry. Um, So let's go ahead and move on to Iowa State. Now, the big thing in this game is, as we talked about, it's the biggest game in LHN history. I think that's probably going to help crowd attendance because do you know there's people that still don't get LHN? Like, even. Which is weird because I think most cable providers have them now, right? I've I've got, well, I guess Spectrum now is mine, and I've had it since. Yeah, Yeah. Dish has it. I'm pretty sure most have it. I'm pretty sure most have it, yeah. They just might not know they have it because it's buried. Or it's part of some kind of different package. Well, no, because I. Well, yes, and then there's cord cutters who cord cutters mm-hmm. don't really have access, and it's I don't with know if you can stream it. ESPN. Yeah, if you my, get my bro- ESPN, you get it. My bro- well, my brother's a cord cutter and he doesn't get it, yeah. so I don't. Yeah, and it's so. one of those deals. Like, like I've got Spectrum and I live in Texas, so I get it like on my cable box. Yeah. But if I try to access it through the Watch ESPN app, it, it, I don't have access. Yeah, it's weird. So I don't know how you stream it. Maybe they yeah. can put that out there how people can stream the game. Well, uh, either yeah. way, it, it'll be a great because it's the last home game of the year. It'll be a great opportunity to come out to a Texas game if you haven't this year experienced Bevo Boulevard. Rod and I will actually be out on 17th and San Jacinto. That's right. Texas Tail Garden with Aaron Hogan. I'll be down there for a little bit. I'll also be on Bevo Boulevard uh, with Bucky Godbolt and Chad Hastings. Easy man. So come on down and say hi. Um, you know, I've met you know, subscribers to Horns 24-7, listeners to the Blitz. Oh, man. So, yeah, we appreciate awesome. all the support. But, that was crazy that it's the last home game. Yeah, so Ooh, last the big thing about this game, I mentioned David Montgomery. David Montgomery is going to have to sit for the first half. Now, this is big. actually, as of right now, I believe, and Matt, you might want to check on this for us. They did not appeal. They they did not appeal. No. Okay, because I heard they were going appeal. to. No, I think I, I read. They, I, I'll get the tweet for you, but they decided not to appeal. All right, yeah. Because yeah. that was I just read to it. come through today. Yeah, they decided not to. So okay, so Dave Montgomery then, uh, according to what Rod is saying, and I'm trying to I'll find a tweet here for you. Speaking of the internet, lovely, I, uh, uh, yeah. I literally They're looked at it this sourcing, morning. Though, according to Rod. Yeah, no, it ain't me. It's actually a reliable source. I'll find a tweet for you in a second. Well, no, but that's Let's a continue. good way. Nowadays, when you go to ESPN and it'll be them saying, citing somebody Jake else Trotter, Matt Campbell said, Iowa State won't be appealing David Montgomery's suspension to the Big 12 for the first half against Texas. Okay, I'm seeing it. Yeah. They were going to use what happened as a learning experience for Montgomery. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm looking at it That's right a here. There's a story. Uh, Alex... How the world balances out after Texas suspends L.J. Humphrey and the DBs oh, yeah. for a first quarter, and Good then point. it's a discipline action on the other side. Yeah, I've, I've done a poor job this year on the show of giving a shout-out to our 24-7 sports affiliates. Alex Halstead at Cyclone Alert uh, does a really good job covering Iowa State. He's got the quote from Matt Campbell. We have it, and we won't appeal. The reality, the reality of it is it's an unfortunate, uh, unfortunate situation. So, yes, no appeal. So David yeah. Montgomery out for first the first half. half. That's big, man. That's big because any help Texas can get right now defending the run, Rod, exactly. they should take it. When Brock Purdy can run. I mean, I think he's second on the team in rushing. Like He can move around, and they make design runs from. There were like five or six design runs for him last game, 
Um, and so they like to they like to run him around. They don't they don't want to expose him too much because they don't have a lot of options at quarterback. Obviously, they had a guy get hurt already, but they I, they he can run, man, and that he's worries really, me too. Brock he's really Purdy. good if you look at him in taking out when right? I cite rushing yardage, it is adjusted, so it doesn't have sack yardage in there. Five point five per carry for Purdy this year, and then highlight yards per opportunity. He's right there with Montgomery, four six and four three. So, yeah. Rod, when you start breaking this down, man, I, I can't. I can't think of an opponent in the Big 12 that stylistically, from a personnel standpoint, from a philosophical standpoint, Mm-mm. I don't know if there are two teams in the Big 12 that are so similar to each other, yeah. basically carbon copies of each other, the way Texas and Iowa State are. And that sounds really weird to say that, no, it is, considering where you normally picture the type of talent yeah. Texas and Iowa State get, but I think that's... The style Tom Herman wants, what he values, what he's making use of, and the same things to be said for Matt Campbell. You've got two teams that, on paper, however you want to break it down, they're basically carbon copies of each other. I agree with you. Uh, and I, a defense, obviously, is a primary example because Tom Herman and staff have admitted to uh, replicating a lot of John Heacock's ideas on defense, dropping eight with that, that dirty dime coverage on the lightning package. Uh, and, yeah, I agree that offensively, I'm with you. They, they the, just have Matt one Campbell, star yeah, Matt Campbell and, and and Tom Herman, although offensive gurus in their own respects, they don't have that air raid DNA, which a lot of the you know prolific offensive minds have in the Big Twelve. So they're offensive minded, but a different mentality. You know what I mean? They're almost more like Matt Campbell's almost like a pro spread. Yeah, it's almost guy. exactly. Well, it, it does remind me. I, I think. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I tr- He's like I tr- Urban that. Meyer. Uh, yeah. it's like basically the, he's closer the, to being a power spread or a, a post regional spread difference than he is. in dialect. Yeah. it's just a little bit different of a. And style. what's what makes them, I think, in the Big Twelve, both stand out so much. And now defensively, I think they also are replicating a lot of the same. Can match ideas. you up against all types of football a little yeah. bit easier than okay. just being like there. That, you know that Spider-Man meme uh, where yeah. they're pointing at there's two <laughs> Spider-Mans pointing at each other. Yeah. <laughs> that's, actually, that's this game, Texas. Mm-hmm. I would say, hey, what you? Yeah. What you? It's <laughs> like what TCU's trying to do is what they've seen Iowa State and Texas's template well, is Well, TCU is uh, R.A. DNA with, with, with stuff from Sonny Combi yeah. and Doug Meacham. So, remember, Gary Patterson didn't want to go down that path, mm-hmm. and he figured, man, to win this league, i got to go down that path. He went down it. Ended up being number three Don't in the country be. as a result. So yeah, he's our he's it. He got sucked into the the life. But it's Tom weird Herman how and somebody like him can go from yeah. defensive exactly. to he's on that side now. Hey man, that's what happens. And, and like Todd Orlando, Rod, when you start looking at Heacock's defense and the type of playmakers he has, you base and and he kind of. You're know, talking to some of the Iowa State guys at Big 12 Media Days during the summer. Mm-hmm. They really stumbled into that lightning package because they went into the Texas oh, game yeah. expecting to use some three down, and it just started working. And they figured, well, hell, it's working. Why, why get out of it? If they broke, don't fix it. So it's a new concept, no tape on it. Right, too. that's and always key. Yeah, like with the lightning package, what we've seen from Todd Orlando over the years, where a lot of your playmakers are in the secondary and at linebacker. You look, their top eight tacklers right now are defensive backs and linebackers. Yeah. You see, they're 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 D line to basically be a wall and to just keep their linebackers free and their DBs free to make plays. And they, I would say, they do a great job. I love that corner. This is Brian Peavy. Brian Peavy, he Texas might be the kid. best corner in the Big. No, no, he is the best corner in the Big Twelve. He might be an All American. It's like he's playing at a really, really high level. Like, and I don't know who if they're how they're going to match him up and and who they're going to put him on if he's going to stay on one side of the field or not, but. That's a matchup to watch when he ends up on low Jordan Humphrey or hopefully Colin Johnson. Yeah, I would think well, I would think what they do with PV might depend on Colin Johnson's availability. No question. 
Yeah. yeah, no doubt. But yeah, if Colin Johnson's not available yet, well, they move a little Jordan around so much too, that and they proved that versus Tech that you can just move him away from Brian Peavy. So I don't know if they'll try to have him follow. Because in college, uh, you don't have any true shadows like yeah. that very often. That, well, not it's yeah. tough to do. It's to just have tough him to do. Cha- I mean, exactly. It's just have, hard to do. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro versus Tavon Austin literally is like one of the last times I ever saw. Yeah, him. just chase him all the way around the entire field, and and, and you had the beauty of that because he was playing nickel basically, and yeah, yeah but and Tavon Austin was always in the slot. Yeah, you know what I mean. And very rarely so on the outside. So that's something you can scheme against. We'll see. I, I think Iowa State will definitely try. You're right. If Colin Johnson's not playing, they'll definitely try to get him on LJ as much as possible. So Got to. They'd be stupid not to. So let's put our football brains together and figure out if you're Texas, how do you attack? Basically, this is a game where Tom Herman and his staff have to go in the game to meetings to game plan and say, okay, if we we're playing against ourselves, how would we attack ourselves? Yeah, basically, <laughs> you, this is the bye week for you if you're in Texas. I'll, you approach the bye week. Bye week basically is you scheming against yourself. A All right, let's self scouting this week. Yeah, right? that's your well, scheming. That's almost, hey, Todd Orlando, I need you to help scout against our offense, and we're gonna do the same thing against you. And then we're gonna get in the room together and go. All right, these are our weaknesses and strengths. We know there. How would we play against ourselves and build a game plan? Essentially, that's what you're doing against Iowa State. I, I totally agree with you. And then you, they're going to add that one next layer because what in Iowa State did last year was something you had not seen. And it's like, okay, so now if you were have this as your base, what would be your next thought, Orlando, as to what you would do yeah. differently? What's your counter? Because they're going to show What's something a little bit yeah. different, and you're going to have to be ahead to see those type of things. Or otherwise, if they're doing just what they've shown on tape, then you're already in luck. Yeah. I think they'll have a. I, I think they'll have a spy on Sam a lot of the time. I, I do think that, especially if Colin Johnson's not there, that just makes sense. <laughs> and how they use their linebackers already. Here's what's yeah. interesting too, and this takes it back to the big picture defensively. Tom Herman talked in his press conference when they went back and watched the uh, they broke down the West Virginia Iowa State film, mm-hmm. and basically, kind of on your standard downs, it's you know, uh, was the first and I think he said first and second down. Uh, within the first ten to fifteen yards of the line of scrimmage, on those yeah. on those downs, basically when you're in standard downs in the middle of the field, mm. um, he said Iowa State normally they're a twelve percent blitz team mm. against West Virginia. On those downs, they were a forty percent blitz team. So really, Rod, the key to being successful in this league defensively, along with all the other stuff we talked about, it really goes back to breaking your own tendencies. Yeah. and kind of the same thing that I know you and Matt y'all always talk about with Bill Belichick. Well, you know, yeah, this is what they do now. How can we break tendencies while at the same time staying within ourselves to where we're not getting completely outside the box and forgetting yeah. who we are? How do we, within what we do, break our tendencies to give ourselves an advantage? Especially at this point in the season. I mean, yeah. there's so much film. Everybody knows exactly what you like to do. You know, Tom Herman, they don't even, you know, he doesn't even really hide it. He's very transparent about what they're good at, what they like to do, what they're going to do like in these situations. He's yeah, like, I'm not hiding that. Everybody knows that. I'm not you know out coaching mean? against yeah, the which I, over there. I, I love that about Tom Herman, by the way. It's like, there's, an, there's no conspiracy. He's like, nah, we're going to run this. We're going to run the power here. Nah, we're running the outside zone here. Like, you do this, that. Um, so I agree. I think in this game, you could see them break more tendencies than normal, not only because you're playing against a team that has, you know, I think similar traits to you, but also it's so late in the season now. This is when you got to be a little bit different, especially going up against, let's be honest, guys, this is the best defense in the Big 12. If if there is a likely, if Sam's going to throw another pick this season, yeah, there's a, it's very likely, just based on odds alone, that it'll be probably against Iowa State. Yeah. <laughs> And you their defense I mean? is real good. I mean, their defense is real good. Now, it could be against Kansas. Actually, Kansas leading the Big 12 in forced turnovers and turnover margin. They got a very opportunistic defense. All right, so I just don't see. fired everybody. Yeah, yeah, so I don't see that. I think if Sam is going to struggle, there's a likely chance it'll be against this defense. This is the best defense in the Big 12. 
Yeah, Matt, when you, you know start I mean? looking at some of the analytics. It's crazy to say, uh, but it you is. Know, you yeah. start looking at passing S&P Plus, uh, Iowa State defensive rank 18th in the country, uh, rushing S&P Plus, they're 18th in the country, standard down S&P Plus defense, 7th in the country. So, yeah, this limiting, is the best defense in the Big 12. Even look it's, at limiting explosive runs, 3rd in the country, on, and then even on passing downs in the same situation, they're in the top 10, and then even at sack rate, they're passing their 29th in yeah, sack rate. That's really you, good. We haven't faced a defense. Crazy. It's just weird to just say that. Well, it's all because we know Iowa good. State is something, but they have Matt Campbell. And when Matt Campbell got there, we were like, this is different. When we saw last year nearly beat Oklahoma and yeah. then beat Texas and even back to whenever, what was it, 2015, when the Iowa State like started trending when Montgomery was just a freshman running back and actually beat Texas. That was about the low point of Texas football history oh, until yeah. Kansas came. Yeah, and even you start looking at some of their numbers, Matt, in the red zone defense I mean, 11 to 20 yard line success rate, six in the country, inside the 10 success rate, 22nd goal line success rate, number two. <laughs> so this is going to be a game, Rod, where I think if you're Texas, be we, we talked about this on defense. Identify what you do well and be really good at it. Yeah. If you're Texas, you've got to continue to be really good at situational football. You've got to be really good on third downs. you got to call your shots when you go for it on fourth down. And you got to get touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah, uh, I think sounds. it's yeah, it's and, I, and I'm with you. I want to see explosive play margin is going to be big in this game because you pointed out, Matt, they're really good at limiting explosive plays. And one of the big things this Texas offense has been able to do the last couple of weeks, yeah. chunky yardage plays down the field to LJ to Devin Duvernay. You know what I mean? Um, if if Iowa State can limit those, you know they're going to force Texas to march down the field, which I think Texas can do. We talked about the 11, 12 play drives they've been putting together, uh, but that shortens the game, minimizes, you know, what I mean the uh, the amount of margin for error. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, what I mean, it can end up being one of those games where we can see one turn, whoever has the first turnover or whoever has the ball last could end up winning the game. It could be that kind of match. Hence all of these Big 12 games. That yeah, we're exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. when you start looking at bring Iowa State. might be down to a two-point conversion. To bring game. it full circle. And guys, you start looking at Iowa State, just the types of games they've been in. I mean, they've been in low-scoring games, kind of like Texas was at K-State. Iowa State lost 14-17 to TCU yeah. on the road. But then you start looking, you know, a 48-42 game against Oklahoma State. Last week against Baylor, 28-14, kind of your standard game a 40-31 game against Texas Tech, and I actually watched that game because that was the 11 a.m. game when Texas played Oklahoma State and Stillwater. Yeah. So I watched that one in my hotel room, and that one was kind of wild back and forth. And, Rod, as you said, uh, Texas Tech's a low football IQ team, and they did things that yeah. they shot it's themselves in the foot. Alan yeah. Bowman had an intentional grounding in the end zone for a safety, so it just, you know, we just, just stuff happens. <laughs> eventually it all it all kinds of, kind of evens fart. out yeah. at the end of the day. But, no doubt. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm – I'm excited about this game. Like, I don't know, like, as excited as I was about USC, I think I'm most excited about this Iowa State game because I'm just fascinated you're a football by nerd. I'm exactly. fascinated by the fact that it's basically Iowa State's be like, well, and I think Matt Campbell and his staff kind of look at Texas the same way. Like, okay, if we're going to go beat ourselves, how would we go beat ourselves? Mm-hmm. How, if we're playing against us, how would we scheme against us? Yeah, it's, I, just a, it's just fascinating, man. When you start I venture to guess, like I've that. never heard a Texas fan say, "I'm fascinated for this game against Iowa State." I That's the first well. sentence yeah. I've ever heard that. Hey, well, not, don't disagree. I, what, what fascinates me is now we're about to make our picks and everything. Is that the offense is trending? The offense right now, as you pointed out, shattered the ceiling. Now let's see it against the best defense in the Big Twelve. Yeah. The defense that has been specifically tailored to defend Big Twelve offenses. I think Texas has an advantage there because they're not a typical Big Twelve offense. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I think Texas actually has an advantage against this off our offense versus their defense. That's why the, you a lot of people really like these two coaches. And and, and what do we talk about? You know, 
I, Iowa State, I don't think, to kind of bring the offense full circle, right? When we saw this offense really have issues last year, it was that game in Ames where they were dropping eight, rushing three, and yeah. Texas didn't have the counterpunch. Okay, yeah. now Texas clearly has the counterpunch. It's Sam Ellinger making what, in theory, are those low-percentage throws and windows over the middle of the field. It's getting the backs involved in the passing game. It's getting the tight ends involved. It's making use of Devin Duvernay and his improved route running. It's the Agreed. ability to move a little Jordan Humphrey around. So, yes, Texas has plenty of counterpunches to really whatever – defensive scheme Iowa State wants to throw out there on Saturday. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's actually been a pleasant surprise that they can they can adjust and evolve. All right, it's time to make picks. Matt, go ahead and give us the line as of right now, and let's try to try to throw something together here. I'm pulling here. it up right now because I saw some movement this morning, but if we're going to go straight with the picks, I, I think this is going to end up being another one that comes down just like all these other Big 12 games. And it's I, I mean, it's weird to say because like Texas hadn't had a kicker. Now you have a kicker. Now you don't want to kick, but it may come down to a kicker because extra points can decide these things at yeah. this point to now to where I think it really does, especially with the cold. I think it's still going to be a little chilly, but better weather here, which helps Texas a ton. And I think Texas can hold on to a game, but it's going to be a pretty nasty one between the two defenses. And offense will bust some big plays. I think Texas just barely squeaks one out, like 31 to 28. Yeah, I'm looking at the S&P Plus and projected margin for this game. 0.6 points, not 6.0.6 points. Yeah. Texas with a 51% win probability. Uh, I haven't looked at ESPN's FPI yet, but just looking at that, I think it's a close game. I'll take Texas getting behind the offense, drives it down the field, and Dicker, the kicker, is a hero. I'll take Texas mm-hmm. 31-30. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Texas has an advantage being at home. Thank God they don't have to play in Ames. I know that sounds weird. Mm-hmm. Uh the Texas defense holding up against Purdy and then Montgomery in the second half, yeah, that worries me a little bit. Hakeem Butler on the outside. Oh, man, I'm going to go with – oh, this is tough. Man, this is really – right now I'm leaning toward Texas. So I'll go Texas 36-34. to 34. I said at Horns 24-7 when we made our picks last week, if Texas beat Texas Tech, they were going to win out. So I'm kind of bound to that. I had them 9-3 to start the year, so I'm going to I'm gonna say <laughs> they go 9-3. and three. I want to be right from the get-go. I said they'd be 9-3, and three, but I, I'm leaning Texas, so I'll go Texas. And I saw it. Yeah. It opened at 3.5. It dropped down to 3. It still hasn't moved, but if I were looking into it, that half point is so huge right now that depending on what side you feel about Texas, wait for the half to go one way or the other to get it at minus 2.5 or take it at plus 3.5. You don't want to really go with that push area of an even three which probably will be the outcome it, it boys buckle up because i think this one's going to be really really interesting yeah i'm Saturday. a little i ain't gonna lie i'm a little scared over under <laughs> yeah the over under this is one. scaring me this is weird the over under on this one is at 50 all these other texas big 12 games have been up around 60 this one's down at 50 so they're expecting a little bit more defense this game yeah matt uh, thanks for everything man you're more than welcome rod b appreciate the time and the knowledge okay cool welcome <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> for, for Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio <laughs> Network and the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can hear Rod B each and every weekday on the Rodcast from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt. You get us on anywhere you get your podcasts and always find our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode.
You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.